You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most passionate business owners on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. In the heart of Muskoka, home to some of Canada's finest nature and cottage escapes, there lies a town called Bracebridge. It's a place you can come to create, to taste, and to truly live. There's nothing quite like it. Which is why I'm so excited to bring you a special six-episode series in partnership with this magical little town. I'll be sitting down with local shop owners, restaurateurs, visionary entrepreneurs, artists, and above all, kind-hearted individuals who love sharing a piece of the town they live in. Bracebridge, Ontario is the perfect place to escape for an adventure, for relaxation, and to live out your own most visionary life. Be sure to stay in the loop with what's going on at Visit the Bridge on Instagram, V-I-S-I-T-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E. Welcome back, visionaries. Quick up top, if you are ready to say goodbye to scattered marketing efforts and wanting to say hello to a clear and easy to follow marketing plan for your business, then you may want to look into the Marketing Mastery Intensive. If you're somebody who's frustrated with the slow and the inconsistent growth of your business, the content and coaching inside of the Marketing Mastery Intensive could be the solution that you're looking for. But we begin very soon, September 14th, 2020 to be exact. So reach out ASAP, click the link in my bio, apply for your spot so that you can finally understand how to master your marketing strategy. You can understand how to have the foundation to hit your six-figure year. And you finally understand what happens behind the scenes of a company that has totally figured out how to implement the seven principles of marketing mastery. So again, I want you to click the link in the podcast show notes or find me on Instagram to quickly apply for your spot. Time is running out and I'd love to see you inside the program. Over to today's episode. All right, so Healthy Crunch is on a mission to innovate everyday foods by making them healthier and better tasting. And today I get to sit down face to face with their founder, AKA their chief crunching officer, Julie Bednarski. 
Julie Bednarski is a dynamic and energetic entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in the food and nutrition industry. Her entrepreneurial spirit was fostered at a young age and when she realized there were very few healthy options to fuel her love of snacking or crunching, she set out to solve the problem. I love that. <laughs> in 2014, she used her expertise as a chef and registered dietitian to create Healthy Crunch. And let me tell you, Healthy Crunch has quickly become a staple in my kitchen, and it should be a staple in yours too. Um, not only because their products are better for you, they have way less sugar, and that has been something I've been very diligent about lately. They've got more fiber, they're better tasting, many of them are keto certified, they're vegan, paleo, allergen free, visionary approved, okay? Um, so I spread their chia jam on toast with tahini, I snack on their school-approved granola bars because they've got probiotics in them. They also have only two grams of sugar per bar, which is totally different than any other granola bar out there. Um, I'm also so addicted to their chocolatey seed butter spreads. So they have no nuts in them, um, very, very low sugar, and they are super, super delicious. So I am truly a fan of this brand, and I will shout it from the rooftops. So what began with recipe development in Bednarski's Kitchen has now emerged as a top competitor in the market. And I am not surprised that this brand is spreading like wildfire. It's already available in many of the stores that you are currently shopping at. And I'm going to put a bunch of photos of their different products and some snapshots of Julie, who is such a vibrant and fun and just all around awesome person, awesome visionary to chat with. You're going to learn so much from her, whether you want to start a food-based business, whether you are someone who has ever considered entrepreneurship. I think she's going to shed so much light on what it takes and how she really extracted this idea for something different, something that didn't exist in the market. And she actually brought it to life. And it's just such a good episode. I've been really thrilled to share this with you. And I truly think it's one of our best episodes yet. So if you want to learn more about Healthy Crunch, just go to healthycrunch.com or you can find them on Instagram at healthycrunch. Um, you can also find Julie online at Julie's Whole Living Kitchen on Instagram. And before we get into the episode, I just want to steer you over to my Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. We're hosting a mega giveaway. I'm so excited. Um, you finally get to try all of these Healthy Crunch products if you win the giveaway. And you're really not going to want to avoid entering this one because you might end up with a really stellar shipment on your doorstep like Julie dropped off to me the other day. Um, it was packed with coconut chips and the chocolatey spreads and chia jams and school-approved granola bars and it had the matcha formula and I just was in heaven. So I hope you can sense how much I love this brand and these products. You guys know I'm a health foodie. I've been in the industry for so many years. And as a nutritionist, this is truly a brand I can get behind. So enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. 
Julie, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We were just chatting in the pre-chat of the show that today's actually a very exciting day for you. You are launching your Chia Jam. So how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm super excited. Thanks very much for having me today. And you know what? We're launching the world's first and only keto certified Chia Jam. So this is super exciting. There's nothing like this in the world. As I was mentioning, we're, you know, we've been working on this project for almost three years. And finally, today is the day that it's online. Oh my goodness. Well, what a thrilling day for me to be able to sit down with you and to share this conversation with our visionary listeners. I know that you are someone who values innovation and I I feel like you have that visionary within you and that's probably why you started Healthy Crunch. So, so honored to chat with you. So why don't we start with some rapid fire questions so that the listeners can get to know you. So first off, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Hyde Park area, um, just in, um, inside of Toronto, and uh, yeah, nice little community area close to the lakeshore, and, and you know, we're right beside Hyde Park, so it's an amazing place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think many of the listeners know I also live there, so we're neighbors and we really didn't even know it. Um, what is one routine that you practice every single day or most days, and you just feel like you couldn't go a day without it? You know what? Um, I would say spending time with my dogs. You know, I got my dogs just before I started Healthy Crunch. And it's, you know, they're one of those things that brings balance to my life. And I think any entrepreneur could sort of, you know, uh, relate to the chaotic lifestyle that we live, you know, the ups and downs, the um, the fast pace, you know, the long days. And every morning I spend time with my dogs and, you know, we go on a walk, I cuddle with them. And just even sort of that, um, the sort of process of pe- um, like petting them and playing with them just really brings joy and it takes my mind away from the craziness of the uh, of the business. So I think that's one thing that literally I cannot live with. Mm-hmm. I am totally the same as you. It's just like such good daily therapy to get out, go for the walk. And yeah, at the end of the day, coming home to those snuggles is the best thing after you've had a long day as a business owner. And the smiles too as well. Like they never, like sometimes you could have the worst day and they don't realize, they don't know what you're going through and they're just always so happy. And to sort of have that sort of laughter and that joy, it's just amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is your current favorite snack that Healthy Crunch offers? Oh, it's such a hard one. Okay, I always like to tell people, you know, it's like picking your favorite child. How do you pick your favorite child? But I would say um, our school-approved granola bars are my number one snack that I go to. And, uh, you know, they're not just for children, although we kind of market towards more children. Um, you know, it's a small little snack. It's 100 calories, 4 grams of fiber, only 2 grams of sugar. And it's super delicious, too, as well. And they're all gluten-free. So something that I love to just throw in my purse and have, you know, when you need a little nibble, you need to snack on something, that's my go-to. So good. And I will link all of your snack (laughs) options in the show notes so people can go grab some. Um, I saw in your bio that when you're not working, you love traveling the world. So I'm dying to know, what would you say is one of the best places you've ever traveled? Oh, that's another hard question. All right. Yes. So I do love traveling. um, And I like to travel to like different places that you most often wouldn't um, go to. And I think one of my favorite countries is actually Turkey. Oh. Turkey is so beautiful. Um, the first time I went there was probably about 10 years ago. And I actually went there by myself, which today I don't know if I would do that, but I was very uh, courageous and brave. Um, but yeah, Turkey is such a beautiful country. And, you know, they have the south part has lots of beaches that are super beautiful. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay, so now it's time to actually zoom the lens back a little bit and get to know what you were up to before launching Healthy Crunch. So I know at one point you went to school for dietetics. I believe you had an interest in health. 
uh, as far back as quite a while ago. So why don't you just run us through the journey of what you were up to before launching this business? Excellent. Well, I always tell people that, you know, my journey of how I got to Healthy Crunch uh, leading up to it is all sort of, you know, it accumulates to all the different pieces um, and it led me to where I am today. And so, yeah, yeah, you're right. I always had an interest in nutrition and health and uh, I wanted to become a dietitian. So I went to University of Guelph uh, and I, I did the dietetic program over there thinking that I was going to help people and you know educate them with all healthy eating and um, so I did that for five years um, and then when I was done school I'm not sure if you we, we kind of talked about this before but you have to do a, a dietetic internship to become a registered dietitian and once we were once I was done my program it's very difficult to get an internship because you know you have let's say like 500 dietetic sc- uh, students but there's only a hundred internship places in Toronto wow. right so it's very challenging and it's stressful because you know it's all based on marks and sort of all the you know extras that you do on the side like volunteer work and so I didn't get an internship right after university and kind of after when I was done my program um, you know I was lucky fortunate to get my first sort of real job with Unilever. Mm, Amazing and when you got into that job were you like thrilled about it was that the path that you imagined for your life or were you yearning for something different what was going on when you got that first role? Yeah so it was kind of interesting because I've never sort of been a plan that um, sort of planned out my life like this is what I'm going to do and you know I've always had this mentality of go with the flow right Mm -hmm. Um, and I take every opportunity that comes um, you know my way and because you never know what might path might you might go on right and so I remember after I finished um, University of Guelph program, dietetic program, um, you know, it was just the summertime and I got a call from um, one of um, our counselors from University of Guelph and they said, hey, um, you know, someone at Unilever had called us looking for um, some dietetic students. They have sort of an internship program at Unilever in regulatory, uh, regulatory and formula label compliance. And she's like, I nominated you, right? And so she nominated two students and I was like, okay, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll go for the interview. And mind you, I had no clue what regulatory was and what formula. <laughs> formula label <laughs> compliance was. I had no idea, but you know what? I always say yes to everything and you'll figure it out afterwards. So I remember, uh, you know, I got all dressed up and I went downtown. This is kind of my first big like interview out of university. And, um, and so we went, I went downtown and went for the interview and, uh, yeah, I said, I, I think I killed the interview because I got the internship placement and, uh, still had no clue what I was talking about, but I kind of researched a little bit and, uh, got the, uh, internship. And after six weeks of doing the internship, they f- hired me full time. And, you know, that first job at Unilever was kind of my, like really understanding of what regulatory is, um, label compliance. It was all about, uh, writing ingredient statements, learning about packaged foods and how how do you do a nutrition facts panel and health claims and, you know, uh, packaging design, like, and there's so much to know about this. So that was like that job that I had for a year and a half at Unilever really helped me today at Healthy Crunch because now I know about ingredient statements and health claims and all the different regulations about food product, which if I didn't have that job, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have as much knowledge as I do today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always think back to when I'm having conversations with clients and they say, oh, I should have started my business sooner, or I wish I would have done this before giving 10 years to a corporate job. I always think, 
there must have been something you learned from that time. Like never discount your past experience because I really do believe that every single job, every single opportunity we have leading up to launching a business teaches us something and it gives us the time and the skill sets that we need and we need to extract and be able to pour into our upcoming roles as entrepreneurs. Exactly. And it's also about timing too as well. If I look back and, you know, right when I got out of university, probably wouldn't have been the best time for me to start a business uh, like Healthy Crunch because, you know, maturity wise and just sort of understanding there's just so much that it takes to start a business. Um, And so, you know, I truly believe everything happens at a certain point in your life at a certain um, time. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of, that was my first sort of big job um, that I had. Mm -hmm. So while you were working at Unilever, did you get the entrepreneurial bug? Did you have the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial bug or what happened after that? Yeah, so I think um, at that point, I didn't really have this sort of entrepreneurial, um, you know, bug. I kind of liked working in the corporate world. It was kind of, you know, getting suited up every single day. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I did learn at Unilever was like, you know, I've always been a really super hardworking, determined person. And any time that I put, um, do a project, it's like, I'm going to put like a thousand percent into it. And I think one of the things I learned at Unilever was it was very frustrating because you're working for someone else and they get to choose your destiny. And so that was one of the frustrating things is that, you know, I was the first one in, I was the last one out. I was working on the weekends because I was super passionate about what I was doing. And, you know, it just came to a time where, you know, they're like, okay, um, we have budget cuts, so we need to let go of people. And kind of, you know, we were, my team was low on the totem pole, so we were let go. And that kind of really frustrated me. And I think, you know, that kind of sparked some interest of like, hey, you know, I should be in charge of my own destiny because here you put in so many hours, you put in so much effort and time and with a drop of a dime, you could be let go kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was nothing to say like about our work. It was just like, you know, big corporations, they have budgets and, you know, and so that's kind of what I said. Like, I don't really like this about someone else choosing, you know, what I'm going to do and what my career path is. And so um, from then on, um, Actually, I, I, I was continuing to apply for an internship and, you know, I applied three times for a dietetic internship because uh, every year you get to apply. Yeah. And um, I actually didn't get it on the third round. I did get it, but then they somehow something might, was wrong with my application. So I lost it. Wow. Um, and so that's a whole nother story about losing your dietetic internship, which I think oh. if the dietetic students are listening to this, they're probably having heart attacks. But I actually um, did a self-directed uh, dietetic internship, which was only ever done once uh, ever in Ontario before prior wow. to me. And so um, after working for Unilever, um, I took a year off and did my own dietetic internship to become Mm -hmm. a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And so bring us to the time then, I'm sure much more happened within that time frame, but bring us to the time when the idea for Healthy Crunch first popped into your mind. Okay, Where were you and how did this happen? Perfect. Yeah. So I was actually in Hyde Park going for a walk and I find that when I go on long walks in the park, uh, you know, I I have very clear thinking, right? And so I could go for like hour, I would sometimes go for like three hour walks and just lay like, okay, I need to clear my head. Let's think. I don't know if it's the motion or the fresh air. Um, But I remember um, walking in Hyde Park and this is, um, so if we just rewind a little bit, I went to culinary school and after culinary school, um, you know, I was working in different restaurants in the U.S. US and in Canada, um, I was working in Florida and some restaurants and, you know, I wanted to be close, uh, closer to my family. So I moved back to Toronto in 2014. And so then that summer in Ju- uh, July of 2014, I was going on a walk and I was like, you know what, I have to do something for myself. I'm tired of working for other people. Um, and I love innovating. I love developing. And, um, you know, I love sn- 
snacking. You know, my mother and I, we always say we like to like chomp on things. Like we need, we need that good crunch factor, right? Yeah. And so, um, so I was snacking on kale chips um, that week and I said, wow, this is such a good snack. Like I love, at the time kale was super on trend. You know, there wasn't much companies doing kale chips. And so, you know, I was just walking one day and I'm like, you know, what would a company name be? And I was like, healthy crunch. I'm like, I like healthy and I love crunching on things. So healthy crunch and simple. And I remember at the time uh, I had my cell phone and I had my Elvis take my credit card. And I remember I'm like, the first thing I need to do is I need to get the domain. And so we're, I'm on my like three hour walk here and I, I found the name healthy crunch. I'm like, okay, I have to go to GoDaddy and make sure that they have the domain for healthy crunch. Cause you know, the worst thing is that if you come up with a good name for your business and then you try to get the domain and someone mm-hmm. else has it, you're kind of screwed. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm on my walk and I, I looked up and I'm like, Oh my God, healthy crunch is available. Bam. I have to buy it. So I remember I was in the park and I'm like registering for this, uh, domain, uh, just so that I could get in. That's kind of how healthy crunch started right over there. That's so cool. And I find that purchasing the domain as silly as that, as a first step sometimes is it makes it real. It kind of solidifies it and it excites you to go do the next step. And then the next step, cause I've been the same before. Like when I get the idea, I'm like, buy the domain and I'll figure it out later. <laughs> exactly. I know. Cause you know, the worst thing is like, if you can't have that domain, then you have to go back to the drawing board and you're like, okay, well now what's my business going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, even I remember having like my name, my juliebenarski.com, someone yep. else actually had juliebenarski.com. And if you could think about it, everyone should be getting their domains, their names, because there's actually uh, another Julie Benarski out there. So I had to like contact her and try to get m- her to buy to buy the domain from her so you know I always tell people just get as many domains as if you have an idea just buy the domain and like as you said figure it out afterwards that's so funny so after this walk you have purchased your domain while you're on the walk did you go home and immediately start writing a business plan or what came after that yeah so then uh, what came after that so I was I went back to my home kitchen and I just started um, sort of practicing recipes obviously I had that culinary expertise and I love ever since I was a young child I love playing in the kitchen and you know I would come up with these concoctions and sometimes when I was younger they might not be so good but with the kale chips I just started practicing recipes um, and then I would I started sampling them with my friends and family and I said hey you know is this something that you love like would you would you buy this and everyone that I spoke to loved it they were like oh my god these kale chips are like so amazing it's a healthy snack you know it's uh it just you felt good about eating it right and so then I was like okay you know I have a little bit now everyone sort of validated that they like my recipes Um, so next step was um, I actually didn't have a business plan the next step what I did was I did sort of a competitive analysis and I always recommend people to do a competitive analysis on their business their sector um, and you know what sort what is the what does the marketplace look like because you know if there's already a hundred other kale chip companies out there it's gonna be very challenging for me to be successful Um, and so you know I did a competitive analysis I actually spent a couple weeks doing it and it was a thousand pages long I literally researched every kale chip company out there I knew more probably about them than they knew about themselves. Uh, and I researched all kale chips throughout the world. And, you know, looking at their packaging, their production, um, any data that I could get to see that sort of validated, hey, you know, I have good recipes. Is there sort of, you know, is there a market out there? And I always like to say, you know, if you're first to market, it's great. If the best is to be second to market, but if you're third or fourth to market, you're kind of, it's going to be very challenging to get on shelf and all that. And, you know, at the time there's only one other really big competitor of kale chips in Canada. And so that's kind of, I saw an opportunity over there. Um, and that's kind of where I, I started. 
Wow, so cool. And yeah, this is going back, what, six years, I guess? Yeah, six years in 2014 is Before when I started. Before kale chips really yeah. became a, a kind of household snack. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're writing this competitive analysis, you're looking at you know what else is out there, and you're seeing that there's an opportunity. Exactly. What comes after that? Because again, this is where so many of our listeners, they feel paralyzed. They're like, okay, so I have a good idea. I have a domain. Now what do I do? Yeah, so uh, so if I look back, what I did next is I well I have to find somewhere to make this product. I can't be making it. Uh, you know, I think the city of Toronto would not be happy uh, me making products out of my uh, out of my kitchen. So I went to a, a shared sort of collective kitchen. Uh, you know that you could rent a, a space by the hour and sort of you know the first thing was I had to get a dehydrator because you know dehydrators are not sort of common uh, no. uh, sort of equipment that you would find in in a kitchen. Um, so I had to research the equipment that I needed. I found a, a sort of a shared uh, kitchen that I could rent. Uh, by the hour and so if I start to do sort of recipe development over there and just making the product and sort of going to small independent juice bars and health food stores trying to find the product um, and also like networking and just trying other networking events and that's kind of you know uh, connecting with other women entrepreneurs was kind of another sort of thing that really helped me because they kind of you know I always like to say like you know one person connects you to another person and then another person sort of connects you to another person and that's how kind of things get going um, mm -hmm. and you find people that could, you know, help you out. Thanks to edX for supporting this week's episode of Visionary Life. edX offers top quality university education at your fingertips. Supporting learners at every stage, whether you're just entering the job market, changing career paths, or seeking a promotion, edX delivers online courses for visionaries like you on topics that you'll love like marketing, entrepreneurship, and food and nutrition, among many others. To kick off my own edX experience, I enrolled in a marketing course and just wrapped up an amazing lesson on the topic of real-time marketing, which is all about how we, as business owners and marketers, can incorporate the narrative of current events into our promotional strategies. Professor Darren shared so many real-life examples, and I loved listening to this lecture. I also appreciated that I could listen to the lecture at one and a half speed, yeah, I'm a little bit nutty like that, while folding my laundry, cooking dinner, hello multitasking. Visit edX.org slash visionary, that's E-D-X dot O-R-G slash visionary for an exclusive discount and start your learning today with top professors and instructors from a wide variety of prestigious universities. You'll be amazed that you're able to access this type of information without leaving your laptop. Offered fully online, edX courses are flexible and can fit into your busy schedule. What are you waiting for, visionary? Again, simply visit edX.org slash visionary to get started. One more time, that's edX.org slash visionary. Yeah, that's such an important piece. And I think as overwhelming as it is while you're starting a business to also think about networking and making new connections, that is so vital to get other people in your corner, to see your vision, to talk about you when you're not there. It's invaluable, right? And also connecting with people that have insights. You know, I always believe this and I've done it and I, I'm sure, you know, there's other entrepreneurs out there that, you know, I always say like, just email me or like call me, like I'm trying to give back. And I really yeah. appreciate that when I started that people were giving back to me. And so they had insights that could help me at the time. And 
you know, even to this day, you know, I have other entrepreneurs that are starting business and they're like, oh, could you give me some advice on this or what should I do? And I think that's so important that people give back because as we were talking before, there's no kind of book or, or class or, you know, how to start a business or be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to find your own way. But along the way, you know, it's amazing to have those great people that could share sort of tidbits of like mm-hmm. what to do and what not to do. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I went through a phase a couple of years ago where I was just like trying to do everything myself. And I almost forgot that it was okay to ask for help and seek external support. And this year I'm on the opposite end where I'm like, no, you spend time using other people's wisdom and getting to know them and extracting their brilliance. And that has helped me so much versus trying to just sit in my office, do everything alone. Um, it's just not the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> and I think, and I think some people are scared to sort of give that cause they're like, Oh, I it, like everyone's a competitor to me. Right. Yes. But I always tell people, I'm like, no one has what you have, right? No. Like you could literally tell them everything about what you're doing and how your business is functioning, but you are the magic sauce, right? Like you are like, you know, if, if like I say for myself, it's like, yeah, I'll share, tell people everything, what to do and all that, but they're never going to have what I have because nope. I am me, right? Yes. And that's, I'm the kind of the the special ingredient in Healthy Crunch. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, it sounds like you just started Healthy Crunch with kale chips. Was that strategic to just focus on one product and really dominate in that market? Um, and when did you start thinking about expanding your product line? So yeah, with Healthy Crunch, when I first started, we were just kale. We were kale, kale, kale. Everything was kale. It was, uh, you know, um, it was called like the queen of kale because I didn't see anything else. I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to develop other products kale based, but then I realized I just, I had such a passion for innovation and developing. And I went to different, um, you know, when I was in the marketplace, I was looking at different products and I'm like, oh my God, I would love to develop that. And then I was like, oh, but there's no kale in it. So I really mentally had to like get over this barrier that, hey, Julie, you're not just going to create kale products, right? There's things out side of of kale chips and kale bars and kale crackers and all that so um yeah i would say the first two years we were just sort of all kale based and then uh you know we started doing some r d and innovation outside of the the snacking category um and so we actually had to update our you know our our trademarks all our logos because our logo was dedicated to like it said artisanal kale foods ah. and so this is another thing for your listeners don't pigeonhole yourself into one corner kind of thing like really keep your branding open uh, yes. you know when i I see some companies out there and they're branded, um, you know, just for like raw foods or just for bars or something. It's like, okay, well, how do you sort of, what if you want to pivot into a different category, but you're kind of, you're only known for like this one thing. And even with Healthy Crunch too, I know we had this debate for years and I was talking to every sort of, every one of my sort of advisors thinking like, okay, we're, we're Healthy Crunch. How do we develop and innovate and put our logo on products that aren't crunchy, right? Yeah. But it's about like taking a bite out of something. So it's just really being mindful when you are starting your business of like, okay, what is five years down the road? What do you see your brand as? And what do you see 10 years, right? So it's mm-hmm. just really not to sort of corner yourself that you're like, oh God, I could only do sort of this one one thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. And yeah, it's good that you didn't include kale in the original name because, you know, it could have easily been like healthy, crunchy kale as your business name, but such a good point to not pigeonhole yourself and to make sure you're thinking like five, 10 years, like what could this become mm-hmm. and imagine the expansion we could have versus thinking that it's going to be just a single product forever, right? Exactly. Um, what was that 
phase of thinking about your next product, what was that like? Like, was there a lot of innovation? Was there certain core values that you knew you needed to maintain in the second product? And then ultimately, what was that next product that you brought to market? Perfect. Yeah. So, um, you know, at this time we, um, I got a manufacturing facility after, so I, I moved past the shared facility. We got our own facility and it was a hundred percent allergen free dedicated facility. Um, and we were mostly doing dehydration at the time. And, you know, we only had 5,000 square feet in this facility. And so I was thinking of other products and I was like, Oh God, what other products could I make within this facility? Right. Cause you only have so much equipment and equipment is so expensive, right? You yeah. can invest millions of dollars into equipment. Um, and so, you know, we started off, I was, we were de- dehydrating kale at the time. And I said, okay, well, let's let's uh, sort of uh, continue in this. At this time, we're still in snack food. So I we started um, looking at the coconut chip category. And we said, hey, you know, I bought every coconut chip that I could find in the world. And, uh, you know, I said, how could we be different? And so we then we launched our coconut chip line. And then we also launched um, trail mix, allergen-free trail mix. So we're still mm-hmm. thinking of products that we could develop within our facility being allergen-free, that were vegan, that were kosher, you know, kind of fit within our spectrum of all our different certifications and all that. Um, so then we, yeah, we started with our coconut chips and our allergen-free trail mix. Mm, amazing. And I know that today you continue to innovate. So how are you getting fresh ideas? Like, do you just walk around and get inspired by everything? Are you like digging into the research of what sells off the shelf? Well, how do you approach innovation today? Excellent. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, innovation is one of those things that's a core pillar of Healthy Crunch. And I think, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, innovation runs in my blood. Like, that's what I am like. If I could just do innovation all day long, I would be the happiest person ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how do I find ideas? You know, I look at the supermarket and I look at white space and I do do research too as well. Um, But looking really, you know, traveling too. When I travel, I always go to supermarkets. If anyone ever uh, follows me on Instagram, you'll see every time I go to a different country, I'm literally uh, dragging my partner through every grocery (laughs) store, looking at different products and going to trade shows overseas too as well, because that's kind of where innovation starts. It starts in other countries and then comes over to us. Um, But yeah, I'm constantly on the go looking for, you know, different products. And even, you know, with the products that we're launching, even today, we looked at the jam category and we said, hey, there's been no innovation in the jam category at all. Uh, You know, maybe there's been like a low sugar, but it's using like a sweetener, artificial sweetener, or maybe they're coming out with a different fruit, but there technically really hasn't been much innovation in the jam category. Category. And so with a lot of our new products, we look at the uh, supermarket shelves and we say, hey, where, where's there some white space that there hasn't been any of any innovation where we could really get consumers excited, get buyers excited. You know, buyers are always looking for like what's hot and trending. They can't mm-hmm. really have 10 of the same products on the shelf because then it's like, you know, it's not really exciting for consumers and buyers and all that. So um, with the jam category, we saw, hey, there's no like keto jam on the market. There's nothing, you know, there was another competitor with uh, with chia seeds in there, but I tasted it and I'm like, oh my God, we can make this so much more better out there, right? So, and so that's kind of how we came up with our uh, keto certified chia jam is just looking at that, that category and saying that there's been no innovation and let's really like shake up this category and do something really uh, different. Mm, that's so cool. And I love that you mentioned you go to trade shows and grocery stores overseas because it gives you a totally different perspective, right? Like so many people would just be walking the aisles in their neighborhood, but 
yeah, just getting out of your own bubble and seeing what's going on in the rest of this amazing planet we live on and getting ideas there. So. And it, and it's so amazing when you go to different countries uh, and you just walk the, you know, the supermarket and some half the time I don't even, I can't understand the language on the packaging, but you yeah. know, you buy stuff, you try it and you yeah. know, you take pictures. I know uh, there's been a couple of times where I've been shoot out of a supermarket <laughs> in a different country because I'm taking like hundreds of pictures of different products and all that. But um, yeah, you really do see innovation in other countries. And, and you know, that's another thing for your, for your listeners is really stepping outside of your bubble, right? Because there's so much going on in like even in the US that we don't even have here in Canada right and so if we look at the keto market right in the US there's like oh there's so many amazing products out there and I even look to them like how are you innovating these products because these are like super innovative right that I would never even think so it really takes you know you have to be sort of rusted and really you know to be creative and I'm sure you know this too as well you can't be stressed out you can't be exhausted you need to be in sort of a good sort of mind space to have Mm -hmm. that clarity to really come up with something that there's nothing on the market. Mm-hmm. And speaking of kind of fun innovations, you also recently introduced, I believe it's called school approved certification. Um, do you want to talk us through what that is and why that was important to you to have some of your snacks school approved? Yeah. So um, the school approved mark, it's actually um, a registered trademark that's unique to Healthy Crunch. Uh, and so, you know, we, uh, I would say about four years ago, uh, you know, being having an allergen free facility, first of all, there's not too many facilities in Canada that are allergen free and Healthy Crunch is one of the highest levels of food safety. You know, we're SQ, SQF level two certified. Um, and, you know, within our, our spectrum, I was looking at different certifications and different marks um, and I noticed that someone else had school safe on their package. So once I was at a, a networking event and, you know, displaying my products and all that, and someone came up to me and we at the time had school safe on our, our uh, packaging and someone came up to me and said, hey, you know, that's registered by another company. So you can actually use that. So I was like, oh God, I better go back to the drawing board and you know we had to change update our packaging but then I thought okay well if school safe is um is registered with another company why don't we create our own mark right our own unique mark for healthy crunch um and I came up with the school approved mark and we are going to be turning that into a a certification one day Uh, right now it's just a registered trademark that's unique to healthy crunch so we're the only ones that could use it but I actually contacted my trademark lawyer. I said, hey, let's register for school approved. And I was actually shocked that uh, no one else had used it, used it yet and registered it. So uh, so we have that. So what does school approved mean? School approved means that there's no peanuts, no tree nuts. It's um, 100% uh, allergen free. Um, and so, you know, it's low in sugar, it's high in fiber, you know, there's pr- contains protein, it's free of like any additives or it's just a wholesome good food that you would want your children to have in schools. And there's so many um, these days, you know, products that are not peanuts free and tree nut free. I know it's, you know, it's so challenging for parents to find snacks and just food in general that they could send to school for kids because most snacks even, you know, it might not have uh, peanuts or tree nuts, but it may contain. And those Mm. foods are still not allowed in schools. Um, And having a dedicated allergen-free facility, we're like, hey, let's really maximize this. Let's create as many school-approved products as we can for families to enjoy, knowing that it's going to be good for them and it's also going to taste great. Mm, so so cool and very fascinating and I think that it just gives parents that peace of mind that you have a product that is 
totally safe for them to grab, it's efficient, it's easy, pop it in the kids' lunch boxes and they can have that peace of mind that that seal of approval is on there. And it tastes great too as well. I think that's one, you know, at Healthy Crunch, one of the main things, it has to taste great. And I'm sure yeah. you know this too as a nutritionist, you know, there's so many products out there that, you know, are super healthy for you, yeah. but then you're like, oh God, do I want to eat this? Are my kids going to eat it? And so, you know, we go through an extensive uh, t- uh, tasting process to make sure that our products, um, you know, taste amazing, that kids love it. We validate that with children too as well. So mm-hmm. that's really important for us. Mm. Now, it sounds like you've had a lot of success and innovation and amazing positive milestones on the journey of launching Healthy Crunch. I'm wondering, were there any challenges in the early days or even recently that almost derailed the business or that really kind of shot you down as an entrepreneur? You know what? I think every entrepreneur has ups and downs. And, you know, I I like to say, and, you know, I always talk with my team and my partner about this, being an entrepreneur, the highs are high and the lows are low. And there's no sort of status quo. It's not like there's no like medium ground. Every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen today? Right. (laughs) And it's funny because, you know, sometimes I could have like the worst day. Like it's like really a bad day. It's like, but then you get a call from like, it's like Costco and they're like, oh, we're listing all your products. And it's like, and so it's like these highs and lows. And I think that's what makes makes a really true entrepreneur is being able to weather the storms when it's like really, uh, let's say you're having cash flow issues or things are not going well, and then really being able to enjoy the highs. I think the highs really get you through the low times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's been, you know what, it's I could talk for like literally hours about all the lows because it is, it's challenging to grow a big company. You know, we're self-funded. I don't, we haven't been like gotten millions of dollars of investments from a, you know, from a company or investors and all that. So it's been a challenge because I've really been trying to grow healthy crunch organically and uh and you know it's something that you know continuing to persevere and having that Mm -hmm. resilience i think being an entrepreneur you have to have resilience because you know when you get knocked down or let's say a company delist your products it's not the end of the world you know and i think over time i've really learned to adapt and really you know be sort of grateful for those instances i know there's been times when you know we were let's say delisted um from some big retailers and i was so devastated i was like oh my god this is the worst this is the end of the world i'm so upset but then you know it's just one door closes and then like five more better doors open up and you're like oh you know that's like nothing for me that was like you know i'm i'm fine with that because like you know better opportunities sort of came about Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's so true and it's such an important life lesson in general not to take things personally and to see our quote-unquote failures or just those little blips that make you so devastated and so upset, you have to spin it and say, what is this teaching me? Or why did this happen? What can I learn from it? Knowing that there is something that is positive coming your way, right? And as devastating as it would be to be delisted, like you said, there was something better on the other side, some other account that wanted to list you and work with you. So yeah, I think it's... uh, resilience, you said the word, it's one of the most important traits to build up. And I think in the early stages of starting a business, Mm -hmm. that can be one of the most fragile times, like one of your first year or two. And I know a lot of early stage entrepreneurs are listening to this show. And so it's just a reminder, like when those quote unquote terrible days happen, you have to 
pick yourself back up and keep going and look for the opportunity that came out of it. Hard as it is, but yeah. it's vital. And you know, time, time, you know, it takes time to build a successful business. And I think people sometimes want to rush into it. Oh, I like I should be cash flow positive by year one. You know, that might not be the case, right? But you have to be able to weather through it kind of thing. And, and over time, if you put in the hard work and dedication and you're doing a good thing, things will be successful, but it does take time. You know, you have to work those long hours, like being an entrepreneur is not a nine to five job, you know, like, you know, if I look back my first year of business or even a year, like three or four, you know, on a good day, you're doing like 16 hours, right? Like I'm happy if I could do a good 10 to 12 hours now, that's like, that's like, that's a good day, right? Yeah. But yeah, working hard and, and doing good, it eventually will pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of a past podcast guest. She says she left the nine to five for the 24 seven. Oh, I was exactly. like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so speaking of being listed and delisted, obviously a big part of your job in the early days was getting out and finding retailers to sell Healthy Crunch and to get your product on the shelf, right? So I want to get really granular here and learn about what was that process like when you had nobody selling? Like, how did you get Healthy Crunch kale chips on the shelf of the very first store. Did you go in and just pitch them? Were you sending emails? Were you calling? Did you give them samples? Like walk us through what that took to actually get it on the shelf. All right. So I'm going to tell you the secrets of how to get on the shelf. All right. So yeah. So at the early days, you know, you probably entrepreneurs out there, it's all about connections, right? But when you start a business, you probably don't have connections to buyers and all that. So I had to get creative. I said, you know, I, I had a list kind of a vision board of exactly where I wanted Healthy Crunch. I want to be in movie theaters. I want to be in Starbucks. I want to be in Costco, like airports. I wanted Healthy Crunch everywhere on the go. Um, and I literally looked at that list list every morning and I was dedicated and I said okay today I'm going to target this retailer and I said okay well I don't know the buyer I don't have their contact information so how am I going to get their attention and so I'll give you an example of Cineplex because you know Cineplex I loved going to the movie theaters but as you can imagine there was at the time back in like the early 2000s there was nothing healthy in the movie theater right so I would go there and I'm like oh great I get to drink a bottle of water this is so exciting and so you know I really wanted to see our, our healthy crunch kale chips in Cineplex and I was like okay well try like call and yeah you just get voicemail and you know and so I would call their uh, uh, receptionist and obviously they wouldn't pass me to the right person so I was like okay let's get creative so I went on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm literally uh, stalking everyone that's um, in that works for Cineplex doesn't matter if they're in accounting if they're in like the warehouse Love I'm gonna it. be connecting with you on LinkedIn and I'm gonna send you a message um, and then you know some people did respond back to me but they didn't connect me to the right person so I was like okay I just need to get my product into their hands because as soon as they taste it I know they will love it and so what I did for Cineplex was um I literally bombarded their whole office, everyone from marketing, accounting, they got a care package with a handwritten note with all our products um and I literally sent cases of products to the whole office everyone was going to munch on our kale chips and I was like okay I'm just literally someone will eventually get to the buyer and the person in charge they will eventually connect me to the right person so um so yeah so basically I just bombarded their whole office with the kale chip samples and uh and then I got a call back from someone in marketing and she was another she was a woman and she said you know I really believe in women entrepreneurs and I love your products and this is so healthy and we need this and you know I'm going to connect you to the the right person so finally that's how I got connected and so 
uh, you know, the buyer at Cineplex um, contacted me and we went in to have a meeting and they, you know, we had a discussion. I said, you know, I'm your, your customer. Like I love going to the movie theaters, but there's nothing healthy over there. And, you know, they were kind of in agreement too as well. Then they said, okay, yeah, you're right. We need to have some healthy snacks. So at this time it was around 2000, and 14, 2015, you know, people were this healthy snacking trend. It was starting to sort of pick up. Um, and they said, okay, but we have a challenge. All the sort of the, everything that's um, on the counters at Cineplex is kind of their own, they have owned rights by big companies, these CPG companies. So they were like, we want your products, but we can't actually put your products next to their products because they kind of own that space. And they're like, okay, well, we have to come, we have to be a little creative and come up with where we're going to put your products. So they actually came up with come um, developing these stands outside of the cash register. And I think if you went to the movie theater, you'll see they have these stands yep. that are not on the sort of displays, but they're outside. Yep. So that space wasn't owned by um, the big CPG companies. And um, and yeah, next thing you know, we get our, our products listed with Cineplex. And obviously there's more steps involved. Of you know, course. you have to, um, you know, agree on pricing and you have to get your SKUs listed and you have to get a distributor and there's a lot more other steps. But one piece of advice is like, you know, whatever sort of whatever uh, end goal or person you want to connect with or retailer, you know, you have to get creative and getting their mm -hmm. attention because there's thousands of brands, there's thousands of companies out there. And if you don't have sort of big money at these big companies do, you have to get creative and sort of connecting with those buyers. And so, you know, going to trade shows, uh, LinkedIn is amazing for connecting with people too as well. Um, and also just, you know, trying to find other people that you might know that or that they might know that you could somehow connect um, you to them. Thank you to Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all of your natural health and supplement needs, and they have the best prices, I promise you. I've been shopping at Healthy Planet for over five years, and that is why I am so grateful to have them as sponsors, because I know you're going to love how easy their online or in-person shopping experience is. You can find them at www.healthyplanetcanada.com. On their website, you can shop by department or dietary need, or even you could just pop in and check the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure that you're stocked up on all of your favorite health goods all of the time. Use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout, that's VISIONARY10, and you'll save 10% on any online order that's a minimum of $49. So again, that's the code VISIONARY10 at checkout at healthyplanetcanada.com. Those are such good tips, and I think it reminds me just of the word getting scrappy. Like, it's not all handed to you in this beautiful package book of how to get listed at Cineplex. You just had to go figure it out, right? And that took a lot of trial and error. And like you said, packaging up handwritten notes with samples and LinkedIn and all that stuff, but it paid off, right? You got your meeting with the buyer. And I just think that's so inspiring to hear. And um, it's just nice to hear these conversations that it's not just a snap of your fingers being like, I would like to get listed at Cineplex. Here we go. Um, and it wasn't just on your vision board and you were hoping that poof, it'll happen. There's a lot of steps in between there and it just takes that persistent 
action, which I love. Yeah. And even to this day, you know, there's still retailers that, you know, it's great that we're starting to now they're calling us, which is, you know, it's taken five, six years to get to the point where retailers are calling us for products. But, you know, there's some retailers out there that I have to get super creative. And I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to connect with this retailer? And it might be like, you know, either connecting through, uh, let's say I'm a diverse supplier or going through a different part of their organization. But, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And I always Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, whatever, if you have a vision on something, you focus on it and you could figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Besides persistence, is there another characteristic or personality trait about you that has made you be able to pitch products with success? I think confidence is really important. You know, when I when I um, go into, let's say, a pitch meeting for a new rate t- retailer with products, you really have to have that confidence. You have to show up. You have to know your information, right? Like, don't show up late. Uh, you know, be presentable and know your, your stats. Know everything about the customer. The worst thing is, and I can remember this, I had a meeting, too, in the past, and this really taught me about, like, you know, you have to know all the information about the customer and know kind of more than they would. And, you know, once I had a meeting and um, with a, a retailer and I was trying to get our products in there and he starts asking me, he's like, oh, well, have you been into our stores and ha- do you, how many do we? And he started to ask me very specific information and I did not do my research. Oh. I did not know, like I haven't, I wasn't in this retailer and I, I never sort of walked the aisles and I didn't know much about them and it really threw me off. And he yes. kind of sensed that, that like I wasn't confident. I didn't know all my information. And so, you know, from that day on, I literally research everything about the retailer. I walk the store. I, I know the competitors. I know the pricing. Like you have to know all your information mm-hmm. and then you're able to be confident in your meeting and really speak to all the points that they might ask you because it is a partnership you know when you're working with uh you know let's say a retailer um i'm talking more specifically about food but it is a partnership and you want to know you want them to know that you know you have what it takes to sort of work with them in this business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so cool and such a yeah such a a great tip to do your research and be over prepared like what cannot hurt you right and don't be scared I think sometimes it's like you know you go into a meeting and you you might be intimidated and all that but really you know you fake it till you make it right like go in there and know your stuff and like sort of have that confidence that you know you're gonna you're gonna succeed right I think it's Mm -hmm. like I'm big into visualization and I always visualize my products on the shelf I visualize that the means going successful like if you're gonna think negative thoughts then it's gonna happen negatively like things are gonna like fall apart so really go in there knowing that you're gonna kill the the pitch and the meeting and all that Mm -hmm. aside from confidence I've been thinking a lot about the word charisma lately Um, Because I really do think there's something to a charismatic entrepreneur that makes you kind of like feel magnetic towards them and you want to know more about them and you want to support them. Does that resonate with you at all? Like, do you feel that you have charisma and that maybe your energy has helped out in Mm -hmm. um, kind of like transferring that energy to the buyers too. I'm just curious on your thoughts. Yeah, well, I would like to think that I'm uh, sort of, you know, outgoing and, you know, even if you look at Healthy Crunch in general, we're a fun and playful brand. Like we don't, you you know, our our hashtag is happy crunching, you know, it's like we really try to have fun. We're not, you know, we do take things seriously on the back end, but, you know, at the front end of the business, we want people to enjoy and be happy when they're eating, right? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, my personality as the founder uh, of Healthy Crunch, it really speaks to the brand, right? And, you know, I'm always there 
going to meetings and speaking with buyers and just being, you know, uh, accommodating and outgoing. And, you know, people want to work with people that are, are fun. If you're going to be difficult and cause problems for retail, retailers, yeah. they're not going to want to work with you. So, you know, being, um, as you said, being charismatic and just sort of being outgoing and happy and cheerful, like people want to work with other people that are have those positive vibes going on. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in some situations where, you know, people have been like negative or like not outgoing. I'm like, oh, like, do you really want to work with that person? Like, they're not like fun to be with. Like, I want to work. I want to be surrounded by amazing, happy, outgoing people and that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's kind of what we tried to foster at Healthy Crunch. So cool. Now, you've mentioned vision boards and visualization a couple of times, and it sounds like getting Healthy Crunch listed in Costco was a vision and getting it listed at Cineplex and Starbucks and all the other amazing places. Um, So maybe you can explain a little bit more about how vision boards play a role in being a successful and driven entrepreneur. Excellent. Yeah. So I, as you said, I love vision boards. You know, I update my vision board every year and it, cause it changes over time. But uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I meditate a lot. I, um, there was a time where, you know, I was super stressed out. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do to kind of de-stress me? Um, and meditating was a huge factor. And, you know, before I started Healthy Crunch, you know, I kind of put a vision board of exactly how I wanted my life to be, right? Mm-hmm. Where I wanted, uh, what I wanted to do. And like, I love traveling. I like being on the go and those kind of things. Um, you know, I put on the vision board, but what I, I think people don't realize about meditation and just visualization is that you have the power to create whatever and whoever you want to be. And yeah. so, you know, for everything that I do, it's like the person that I am today, I created the person in my mind. Like I visually thought about it. I, it was on my vision board. I, 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 every morning, you know, I try to meditate for 20 minutes a day and look at my vision board and I put it somewhere, uh, in my house that, you know, I'm always constantly looking at it too as well, but people have the power to create whatever they want to create. And you just have to, you know, if you could visualize it, it could happen. Right. And mm-hmm. so even, you know, if I look back at when I first started healthy crunch, uh, I started in, in July of 2014. Well, I put on my vision board that I want to have my own manufacturing facility by July 1st, 2015. Wow. And if you could believe it and this, I, and I did that vision board like a year prior and I actually signed the lease and got the keys to my own manufacturing facility on July 1st, 2015. And so if you look back, I always like, I always tell people like everyone that I like talk to to as well. I'm like, you have to do a vision board, the power of a vision board and meditating and just sort of creating in your own mind who and what you want to be is so powerful. And, uh, you know, even to this day, you know, I still do it. Even when I'm driving, I'm like, okay, just think, you know, think of what you want. And if you could create it in your own mind, it could happen. Hmm. Yeah. I I think of this quote that I think I read, um, I don't even know, many months ago, but it, it said something along the lines of vision visualization is the dress rehearsal for the life that you want to live, right? So you're doing the dress rehearsal in your mind, you're doing the vision board so that it can become reality, right? Exactly. And you create your own reality. I think that's one thing that people like, you know, it's sometimes I hear people, they're like, oh, I don't like this. And I don't like, well, like just create it in your own, like in, I know it sounds like it might sound hokey pokey to people just be like, oh, I'm going to like, just think about this. But literally it's like, you have to think positive and say positive intentions too, as well. I think affirmations are so important because you know if you, when you say things it's like internally it's like it's your your mind your body's listening right and the mm-hmm. universe is listening and so if you're going to talk negative negative is going to happen right so we have to be constantly positive like let's talk about um, us in the present so you know yeah. I am I am a successful entrepreneur my products are in Costco my yes. I, you know I am whatever you want to be it's like I am right yeah. and not like oh I want like yeah. you have to 
to visually put yourself where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And even with Healthy Crunch, you know, it's like I visually see the business as I want it to be yeah. and where I am. And I think that we are like we are there. And so it's like if you put yourself where you want to be, it actually does you are there, right? So mm-hmm. is there anything on your personal or professional vision board right now that you are really striving towards that you would want to share with the listeners? Oh, there's so much. Yeah. So, you know, I think with Healthy Crunch, it's like we really want to try to um, expand globally. And I know that's sort of like, wow, that's a big thing. But, you know, we, um, last year we started to um, sell our products in Europe and Australia wow. and the U.S. market is is huge for us. We're really excited this year. We've been, uh, we got a team in the U.S. We're going to be expanding to the U.S. Uh, really well. And there's some major retailers that, you know, I definitely see our products on their shelf already. So visually, they, they might not be there physically right now, but visually yeah. I see them there. Um, and so that's, you know, continuing to innovate new products and just, you know, the U.S. market is kind of where we really want to be at. Mm, that's such a, a big goal, but I have no doubt that you guys can achieve that. Um, you mentioned you just hired a team in the U.S. Could you just describe what does the Healthy Crunch team look like today? Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a whole nother podcast that we have yeah. to have about to, uh, sort of developing a team oh, and all I can't that. I imagine. And so, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, being, a, um, you know, starting off Healthy Crunch, it was a one woman show, right? And we started to build um, people as we needed them. And one piece of advice that I could give to people too as well is that, you know, really don't overextend yourself. I think that sometimes businesses, they bring on too many people and I always try to keep healthy crunch like lean as possible. Like let's not bring on too many people because then it's like, too many people doing not a lot of stuff, right? So Healthy Crunch team right now, we're super lean. Uh, In Canada, we're about 15 people. In the U.S., we have a couple people too as well um, that are primarily doing sales. But you know, it's a small team. I don't think people realize how small our team is when mm-hmm. you know the actual work that we do. But you know, we we try to get as much done as we can, and so that's the most important thing. Very cool. Has uh, being a leader always come naturally to you, or is that a skill that you've kind of had to work on now that you have so many people who are are working on your vision? Yeah. So that's another um, you know thing. There's you know, I never really took a sort of a business course in school. I went to school to become a dietitian and, you know, I went to culinary school too as well. So I never really took leadership and training courses. And it was very difficult at the beginning when I first started Healthy Crunch, because here it's like, you have so much passion and, you know, you as the business owner will put in 2000%. You're going to, you don't care if you have to work 24 hours a day, stay late. You know, sometimes people might not share the same vision. And Mm -hmm. so I think when we first started Healthy Crunch, it was challenging to find those people that, not to say that you have to, you know, work 24 hours a day, but really dedicated to the brand that, you know, like, as soon as it's four o'clock, they're like 401 and they're out the door. Like those are not team players. Those are people that like, I need people that are dedicated, that are crunchers for life. Crunchers. Uh, <laughs> crunchers for life. And so, yeah, so it has been a challenge. But one thing that I learned as a leader is to be patient, right? And it's still like, I'm still learning this every day. It's like, okay, let's think before we talk, really be patient, focused, and, um, and being patient with people too as well. I think, you know, when I first started Healthy Crunch, it's like, yeah, I could get things very quick. And, you know, I, I expected people to get tired much quicker and I didn't realize that you know most organization they do a six-month training process like it's not like on week one or two you're like you're you know everything and you should be functioning in a hundred right so I think that now as a leader I'm more patient with people and I think that even still it's like I have to remind myself okay just be patient we're gonna like ease them into you know crunch life and all Mm -hmm. that and and um it's something that you know I'm I'm gonna continue to work on Mm, awesome Okay, so in wrapping this up, I have two last quick fire questions for you uh, related to being an entrepreneur. So number one, what would you say is the one of the best investments you've ever made in your business? 
Ooh, best investments. Oh, I would say myself, investing in myself. Honestly, we have, to, we have to love, you know, if you don't take time for yourself, I think one of the most important things that I've always had with um, is sleep. Sleep is number one. If you don't invest that time in you mm-hmm. and really meditating, because there's so often in the morning, I'm like, okay, just rush to work because I have so many emails. No, you need that time to really balance yourself out because guess what? If you're not around, the business is not going to be around. So number one, invest in yourself. Mm, so good. And also being that being a business owner, it's always changing, always evolving, and we always need to be growing and upgrading. I'm wondering, is there a business skill or a life skill that you're currently focused on up-leveling? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, financial projections and cash flow. I think, you know, when I first started Healthy Crunch, I knew nothing about sort of finances and yeah, everything. Yeah, you didn't go I was, to school for that. I, I didn't go at like cash flow and P&Ls and like, I just did not like balance sheet. I didn't like, no, I'm like, who cares? Just like, let's go, let's sell the product, buy it, this and that. Yeah. And then, so now it's like numbers are so important because guess what? If you do not, if you're not like, it's all about cash flow, obviously, you know, with a business and mm-hmm. all that and really monitoring, um, you know, the in and the out and invoices and, and knowing your cost too, is if you have a uh, product that you're selling, know your cogs. I like even the first year of business, I did not even know what a cogs was. And then I sort of, you know, I was talking with my accountant and he's like, well, what's your cost of goods? And like, you know, what's your margins and knowing your retailer margins and all like, I was like clueless. So I had to do a deep dive into my business and really know all the numbers. And I think that's so important. If you do not know your numbers, you're not going to be successful. Right. Mm. So literally to the T right now that that's one of the things that I'm constantly constantly, you know, updating my skills on and just making sure that I'm, um, you know, all the, all the numbers within our business, because if you don't, then you're not going to be successful. You're going to be losing lots of money and, uh, mm-hmm. and then your business will not be able to succeed. Mm, so true. And I think so many business owners, they avoid it because yeah. they're like, I just want to stay in the creative and I want to yeah. do what I'm good at and stay in my craft. But it's like, oh yeah, there's this whole other element to running a business that you need to understand it. So whether you want to do that now or learn it in six months, like the sooner the better. The sooner the better. Yeah, face it head on, right? Um, Any last parting words or advice for aspiring entrepreneurs who are just feeling the overwhelm and they don't know where to begin? Yeah, I would just, you know, keep on going, keep on persevering, you know, reach out to other entrepreneurs. I think that's one thing is like, don't, as we talked about before, you know, don't be scared, like reach out. You'll be surprised at like how many people will be like, yeah, sure. I'll give you like a five, 10 minute call, even 15 minutes. Like I know for myself, it's like, you know, I have people coming to my office and, you know, asking me questions because I was that same person that not knowing anything about the food industry and all that. So, you know, I definitely, you know, recommend reaching out to, you know, even people in bigger organizations because people always want to give back right and so if they feel good and then you feel good because it kind of gets you to a different point in your business so yeah I would say just reach out to people and see Mm -hmm. if they could help you out such good advice. Well, Julie, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. I've probably taken up more time than I was supposed to, but I could talk to you all day. You have such an amazing spirit within you. I love your go-getter attitude and what you've created is so inspiring. So thank you for taking the time to share it, to share it with our visionary listeners today. And I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
special thanks to the town of Bracebridge for supporting the Visionary Life podcast and for believing in our mission of spotlighting visionary entrepreneurs who are sharing their brilliance with the world through their unique businesses. If you'd like to learn more about this quaint little town in Ontario, head to visitthebridge.ca. That's www.visitthebridge.ca. I'll see you in the next episode.